0: Oh, it's just starting. Okay. (laughs) Hello, Fight and fans, viewers, and listeners. I am your co-host for the day, Reggie. I practice business litigation and make silly TikToks on TikTok. Reggie and Law, give me a follow. And with me, as always, is your host, Timmy B. Hi, Timmy. How are you?
1: How are you doing, Reggie? Good to have you back.
0: Good Good to be back. Thanks for having me. I had so much fun last time and I'm excited to go again. Uh, Before we start, please take a moment to follow and subscribe to us on whatever platform you're using right now. And please leave us a five-star rating and please comment and interact. On today's episode, we talk about one FC invasion of the West, Jenna Bishop's recent announcement, how to sell yourself to the fans, and a whole lot more. All right, Tim, hit it.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this
2: is the Fight Insight Podcast.
1: All right. Our guest today is one of the most recognizable faces in mixed martial arts as the lead color commentator and in-ring interviewer for 1FC. You know we love 1FC here. We talk about it all the time. A lifelong martial artist with a professional record himself of 4-2 and and a lifelong student of the game. He knows what he's talking about and it shows time and time again, anytime he's on the mic, his clean and articulate voice calling the action As 1FC dominates the Asian market, now primed to enter the West in their partnership with Amazon Prime, we're so excited to chat with this living legend of mixed martial arts. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, he is the dragon,
2: Mitch Chilson. (laughs) Yay! Hi, Mitch. in sight. I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Mitch, it is
1: so good to see you, my friend. And Before we started the podcast, I was asking how your neck is. Angela Lee put you in that twister, <laughs> but you look good. You look okay.
2: She almost popped my head off, man, but it was, uh, it's all for the gram, you know? So it's, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, Mitch, I have to say, you know, one FC, I love one FC. We've had so many of your stars on this podcast and each one of them more respectful and honorable than the next one FC really builds that culture. I love the commercials that say we are one. I love that branding.
2: How lucky are you to be a part of One FC? Oh, bro. Like, its it's been a long time. Like, I i started, I competed on the very first One Championship card back in September of 2011. Um, I, I've just been along for this journey, and I've seen them kind of, you know, go from an Asia-centered uh, fight organization to now this global media phenomenon. And it's been it's I'm truly grateful to be part of it and to also have the best seat in the house. It's been so much fun to not only get to know these fighters and to train with them and to really call them my friends, but to also see the like the response that we've been getting, you know, in the West and how people are becoming drawn to this uh, this form of uh, sports entertainment. So it's been a wild ride and I'm, I'm loving every step along the way.
1: No, it's incredible. Uh, you mentioned moving into the West. And of course, for those that follow our Instagram and our, and our channel, we shared part of the interview that Shatri the CEO did with Ariel Helwani on the MMA hour. And he was talking about what their plans are and what they're going to do starting with the Amazon prime shows what do you think is the key for 1FC to really break into this Western market? What do you see as the, the key component here to get that done?
2: You know, it's it's a tough question um, because the thing is, is that a Western audience, they, they see through a lot of stuff because all major media kind of comes from the United States and it's the... they they, it's very educated as far as the consumer base is concerned. So we need to deliver a very authentic and organic product. You know, it can't be, you know, it can't be contrived. It can't be, you know, artificially created. It has to be, you know, these true authenticness of our athletes. And that's really the biggest thing. And it's finding a way for the viewers to get to know our athletes, to really understand who these incredible fighters are and, and the struggles that they've gone through in the past. Like some of our athletes, you know, like, man, I don't don't want to go too deep into some of their backstories, but they've really struggled in the course of their lives. And, you know, to overcome the situations that they have, it really is a remarkable story. And I think a lot of people, my cat wants to say hi.
1: Oh my goodness! Yeah, this will turn into a pet podcast very quickly, yeah. Mitch.
2: All people here, so you. I, so I think it's just important that you know we find a delivering mechanism for people to really find out and to understand who our athletes are, and once they do, once we have this platform to deliver our characters to the world. I think it's just going to explode because once you guys, you know, start to find out, you know, who Rod Tang is and Stamp Fairtex and Gary Tonin and like, once you start to meet, you know, understand who these individuals are, you're going to fall in love with them and you're going to want to see him compete every single month on Amazon prime. And it's just going to be this amazing experience for viewers to not only get to know the fight game, but to also meet, these incredible people
1: no you're very true and mitch when we had uh little savage elise anderson on the podcast during pre during that strawweight grand prix she yeah. said how you know getting into one fc was a big thing and she said there was a definite um she could feel that the idea was that you represent yourself well that you Represent yourself as a true martial artist, honor and respect. And she really liked that. She said this, you know, like, I like doing that. I don't have to fake sell myself. I can be who I am. She herself has a great backstory herself, right? Denise Sambuanga, we had her on the podcast. Wonderful, wonderful people, you know? And so it's great to see. I do have to ask you, you mentioned Stamp Fairtex. She's probably my favorite. I mean, who doesn't love her? I'm dying for her to do a, a seminar in Toronto. Anywhere close, I will go to it. Uh, Mitch, can you do the stamp dance,
2: please? <laughs> I've actually got a... That's going to be one of my next reels. In, yes. In, in, in January. So I will ta- tag you guys in it. But it is coming. It is coming. She all right. All right. Do it. Um. Yeah, I, I think she was just in the United States doing a tour. Yeah. She, she was doing Muay Thai seminars around the United States. And I think that's just a, great. You know, I think it's a great way for the fans to get out there and, and meet you know, these martial artists and to study them. And that's kind of why I do what I do on Instagram is, is to be able to teach some of these things to the people that never get contact with these guys. So it's been a lot of fun to, you know, be sort of the, you know, the conduit of teaching some of these techniques to the world.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, one of the things about one FC is that the fighters are from all around the world, but many of them from Asia and, and the different markets that are not so much over here in the West right now, you, my friend have a very difficult job because when you are interviewing these people, half the time more than half the time they do not speak english how do you find it you know how how are you able to connect with them through the interpreter do you find that difficult i've had this on the podcast as well myself where we've had people that come on with a with an in, uh, interpreter it's difficult to develop the rapport what would how are you managing with that and what would you suggest for people like me that are doing it
2: Um, I I do spend a little bit of time chatting with the uh, interpreters before the shows. Um, I am lucky enough to work with a lot of the same interpreters over and over again. So the hardest part is when something kind of gets lost in translation, right? Like when I'm using specific fight terms that the general public doesn't quite know. So the translation gets a little bit diluted. So um, that's kind of the biggest problem that I have, but I usually just spend a little bit of time talking to the translator um, and then giving them a heads up on what kind of questions that I plan to ask. I know a lot of times I get into the the circle and I surprise the interpreter with something that happened during the fight and not necessarily something that I was able to update them with before. And something gets a little bit, you know, they get a little bit surprised. Um, But a lot of time, it's just spending that little bit of extra time communicating with the interpreter. Um, These are the questions that I want to ask. This is kind of the direction that I'm going. Um, Is there anything you're unclear of? Is there anything you don't get? And then just making them as comfortable as they can. Because for a lot of times, they're not camera, you know, ready. Right. So when they get on the camera, they're they're nervous, too. You know, so it creates this weird sort of dynamic. But my job is to put everybody at ease and get the best response I can. And a lot of that just comes down to getting to know that interpreter, too.
1: It it helps getting them to feel at ease when you give them 50,000, Mitch. <laughs> when, when you tell them in the circle, Shatry just
2: gave you 50,000.
1: Boy, that that somehow that translates very easy.
2: It does. That's a universal language. Money is easily understood across all areas. Um, And I I love that. That's my new favorite part of the job right now. Yeah, you just uh, start doing that. (laughs) Calling the fights is fun, and the social media is cool. But because I, a lot of times, I know what that money is going to do for them. Yeah. And I know their backstory, I know their current situation, and i I get as you can see, I get very excited too to to you know have the opportunity to award you know that you know that gift from Chachari, that bonus and it's It's so much fun because i I know what it's gonna mean to them and how it's gonna change their family and their lives.
1: yeah, it is um you're talking about connecting with the fighters. Connecting with the crowd is one thing. Uh, the UFC Apex is a real problem. I hate it, Mitch. I hate really. Them fi- I do not like them fighting with oh, like six six people in the crowd, and you can hear like. <laughs> it, I I can't stand it, Mitch. I can't stand it. But I have to ask you, one FC for a while now. The events they're not packed stadiums, right? It's still somewhat condensed.
2: Um, we've had a few, a few of the Amazon shows. Um, we did Amazon uh, Prime Video One and One on Prime Video Two um, in Singapore. Uh, DJ versus Adriano and yeah. uh, Angela Lee versus Jung Jinan were sold out. Like they were packed. Oh, okay, okay, um, okay. You know, so oh, and I, I, I do agree. There's definitely something to a packed stadium. Like whether you're watching it on TV or in my case, it's the energy. Like yeah. I feed off that crowd. When there's a buzz in the arena, I get pumped up off of it. And believe me, after doing six shows in three days, I need that energy, you know? So <laughs> whew. Yeah. um the fight and with the
1: fighters too, though, right? We've had several yeah. fighters on the on this podcast that say, like, yeah, I need a crowd. I need to be around a crowd. I need to feed off that energy, whether they're booing me or cheering me. I need it.
2: It helps. It really does. It impacts the entire atmosphere, the experience, the environment. Everything changes when you have uh, a crowd. So um, I understand what you're saying um, that, you know, that other organization might have a little bit of the fun sucked out of it um, by holding it in a studio. Uh, And I I do. I've, I've heard some of that stuff as well. Um, and I do think that as we kind of work our way, you know, out of this uh, this very peculiar time that uh, I think the uh, things are going to get back to normal and uh, very quickly.
1: I'm hoping. OK, good. So one FC, hopefully soon all the shows will be packed. And uh, And I'm just going to ask you, tell your producers, show the crowd once it's packed, show the crowd, because I think a lot of people are just thinking it's always empty. So even when you're saying that one on prime one or sorry, one FC on prime one was packed. I don't think I noticed that, but I just, just a tip from your friendly podcast here, Mitch. Uh, I had a lot of questions for this Mitch. When we asked, I apologize. This is not me. This is not Reggie. When are the ring girls coming back?
2: (laughs) I've heard that they are supposed to come back. I've heard there's been a lot of chatter in the office about, um, bringing them back. I don't know when it's going to happen. Um, I would imagine that it's going to be sometime next year. Yeah, um, But uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I would hope that it would uh, happen relatively soon because that's also getting back to normal again, right? Yeah. So um, I don't
1: know. <laughs> I mean, when <laughs> when the fighters receive their medal from the ring girls, and they do their little pose with them. That's some of the funniest stuff on television, Mitch. <laughs> you know, it's it's a great moment, and some of them really play it up. Who's the Who's the gentleman, the fighter that always does the funny faces when he wins um, and he gets the medal?
2: Oh my well, there, we've had a few, like Adrian Matisse <laughs> That's <is> the one, <laughs> yeah. quite possibly the funniest dude when he gets that medal. You know, um, I've had moments where Echo Ronnie Saputra was unable. To get his medal out from under his shirt. <laughs> he put his medal on first and then he put on his shirt and he couldn't get it out. It was it was hysterical. Yep. Um But now the I guess the medals are done backstage too. So I know. You know yeah, the only thing they get inside the the circle now is uh, is a fifty thousand dollar check if they if they do well. So and, that's the only thing.
1: And a nice firm handshake from Mitch Chilson. So that's pretty good.
2: That's <laughs> worth it. <laughs>
1: And your enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. One um, FC is not just about MMA, right? And on that uh, MMA hour show, Shatri talked about that. Hey, look, we're full mixed martial arts. It's not just MMA fights, but we've got the Muay Thai fights, the grappling events, the kickboxing. Do you think that that's going to be difficult to sell to American audiences? We're not used to it. There's not a lot of organizations that are showing it. Like for me to watch grappling events, it's normally uh, you know, on on side channels. It's not big news. But ONE FC is bringing it and they're showing the market, they're showing the fighters. Again, you've got great personalities in those areas too.
2: But how do you think that's going to translate to Western market? Are you worried about that? I don't know. You know, grappling is definitely something that's traditionally, you know, not been a mainstream sport, right? Um, But if you know the characters, if you know the fighters and the athletes, you're going to tune in regardless of what sport they're doing. You know, if if Jake Paul fought in arm wrestling because, you know, that guy, you might tune in. Right. Take the money. Exactly. Like whoever it is, you know, whatever they're doing if it's somebody you know, and you want to watch, you're going to do it. So that's kind of our thing is we have to find a way for people to get to know our superstars, to get involved in their lives and to really follow them. And I do think that grappling is, there is a place for it. And I think that it's an exciting martial art. And I think that Um, traditionally when people think of grappling they think of like those early 2000 UFC matches where like you know Mark Coleman or Matt Hughes is just like holding somebody down and kind of just beating on them a little bit, and not really moving too much. But, you know, when you see like Cade Rutolo jump off the side of the wall and spin around and, you know, take Shinya back or Mikey Musumechi breaking down how he took the back of Imanari, you know, these things are going to, people are going to go, wow. And also what might happen is that people might understand the grappling aspect more in mixed martial arts, because now, you know, when things hit the ground, people are using the bathroom, they're getting up, getting a beer. They're just like, ah, but if they understand what's going on, they're going to be a lot more involved in the match as well. And it's going to create a more educated consumer. Um, Traditionally, like kickboxing had a hard time breaking through the U.S. market, right? Like, you know, those other, those K-1 and those other organizations, they didn't do well here, you know, so, or at least in the States. So it was, it's a different type of sport and we need to find a way to make it interesting. And I remember talking to Shinya about this and I was asking Shinya the exact same question you asked me because he was involved in like one of the first grappling matches with Tonin, right? Mm -hmm. And, he, he was, I was like, dude, how are we going to make this fun for people? Dude looked at me dead in the eyes, and he's like, that's on you, man. That's <laughs> you. No pressure. <laughs> right? And I was like, and he's like, you have to make this entertaining. You have to educate the people on what we're doing and how exciting it truly is. And I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> Shinyaoki says it. I got to figure this thing out. So... Um, from that point on, I was like, you're right. I do have to understand these guys. And so now I've been digging deep into the grappling side of things, deep into the kickboxing side of things. You know, Muay Thai and MMA I have competed in before. So I have a decent understanding of those things. But you know, it's for sports, it's a lot to commentate on. And yeah. it, is, it is, you know, up to me to make it understandable, you know, to the viewer to where they're just like. Ah, that makes sense. That's interesting. Now I can, you know, start to build sort of a, you know, an education in, you know, all these different arts. So it's yeah, no, a, it's, it's a tough yeah. mountain to climb, but I think we can do it.
1: No, and you're doing an amazing job, Mitch. Like you really are. To think that you're commentating the four different sports and they don't switch out the commentators, Reggie. Like it's just Mitch doing it all.
0: That's insane, That's insane to me. I mean, I also, so I grew up figure skating, right? And there's different kinds of figure skating between like couples and dance. You could give different commentators for every kind. I can't imagine one set of commentators doing it for every kind of figure skating. That's insane to me because they wouldn't yeah. know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's It's crazy and i know uh we've had her on our podcast a couple of times since she guest hosted once but regan coconut gowing she's the lfa i'm gonna get it wrong but she's the sorry she's the lion fight super Atomweight champion and she's dying to get on a one fc event mitch because she wants to fight with the small gloves like she wants to do she wants to do kickboxing and muay thai with small gloves yeah. So I know she's dying, and she loves that you guys do that because it's a different thing, right? It's it's totally different and unique to one. So it's fantastic. We can't wait to see it here.
2: Nice, nice. Yeah, no,
1: it's good. Um, now, one FC they score their fights differently. Yeah. Talking about educating the public, Mitch. I swear to God, you need to have it on the screen twenty four seven during the event, explaining rounds are not scored on ten point must you know, like it's, it's the full fight for the MMA fights. They're going to continue that when they come into the Western market, right? They're not changing that scoring method.
2: Yeah. We're going to, so that's just for MMA.
1: Yes. Yes. So, just for MMA.
2: Yeah. Kickboxing. They have the 10 point must. Muay Thai has 10 point must grappling has its own, you know, set of yeah. rules to ten, 10 minute system. Um, so mixed martial arts. Yes. Rounds are judged in its entirety not round by round. So instead of looking at it as three separate fights, which is kind of what you know, the 10-point must system is, think of it as just one giant round with a couple of breaks in between.
1: Right. And
2: so far in the,
1: I believe, on the one on Prime events that you've had, you've had three of them so far, right? Three of them. Uh, none of them have been controversial in that respect, right? Right. Like none of them have ended where a Western audience is going to go, wait a second, that other person won the fight because they're thinking it's the 10 point must system. So are you worried about that first controversial ish type fight that where it's going to be one person kind of taking it over at the end? I remember when B. Nguyen, uh beat Someone it was when she kind of won right at the last you know kind of won at the end of the third round, and that's what really solidified that win for her uh sogi ham when she beat Zamboanga in the grand Prix that's kind of how mm-hmm. that went as well. She kind of had won more of the fight how do you, How do you think that's gonna go uh Are you ready for the controversy that that will cause
2: you know it it's interesting, right like the thing is with our system and the scoring that happens and now these bonuses that are being awarded we've sort of pushed our finish rate up really high. So like, it's like over like almost 70% now, I think. Um, so a lot of fights are getting finished, you know, rather than going to the judges scorecards. And it is different, you know, for the U S audience. And to be honest, it's actually different for me too. I grew up competing in a 10 point must system yep. and, you know, to jump over, you know, two one and then compete in a, you know, a total duration type style fight, it was hard, right? Cause you're used to, okay, I'm just going to get this takedown. I'm going to lie here last 10 seconds. I'm going to win the round. Boom. It goes on like that, but it doesn't work like that. Right. Mm-hmm. I think us fans are going to appreciate the action being pushed. And again, that's another thing that's on me is we have to do a good job of communicating exactly what is happening for that specific fight as we've changed, because I've had some comments, you know, that come back and are like, I thought you guys were judged in its entirety. And I'm like, dude, that was Muay Thai. And they're <laughs> like, oh, man, I didn't know that. Like how, small gloves. It's confusing. So it is a lot of yeah. changing around from, you know, event to fight to fight to fight. So it does become hard. And I do think. It will create some controversy, especially like in some of those fights you mentioned. I think it was Ritu against Binu That's it. Yes. Um, you know, uh, it's going to create some problems, right? Where, you know, one fighter is just going to dominate, you know, those those first, you know, 10, 12 minutes. But then they're going to get clipped in those last couple seconds. You know, Zhong Jing Nam versus Angela Lee is a perfect example of that. Yeah. So – Like in that first round, Angela was almost finished. Jing Na was putting it on her in those first rounds. So her point amount went way up in that first round. And then Angela was way down here. So Angela kept trying to work her way up, right? But then she just ran out of time and she wasn't quite there at the end, you know? So that's what kind of created that controversy. And that's the beautiful thing about martial arts, right? It's, It's an art and it's subjective. It's what does... Timmy and Reggie enjoy in a fight? What are you guys attracted to? Are you attracted to aggression and forward pressure and, you know, just continuous uh, onslaught of aggression? Or do you like the counter striking and the movement and the evasion and the footwork and the countering style? You know, so that's the thing, right? It's just an interpretation of art. And we're just as fans, We're trying to figure out exactly how that scoring system works. And I think as, you know, one becomes more popular and as, you know, people become familiar with our rule set and they're like, wow, that's a great way to judge a fight. You know, that's a great way to look at the overall scoring of something as subjective as martial arts are. So I think it's just going to take a little bit of time and education and ultimately, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the Western audience is. You know, you know, are they gonna accept it? You know, are they just, or are they gonna push it away? Like, you know, uh, like kind of like Aussie rules football versus rugby, or you know, some one of those other like they're really close in sports, but they're just not quite the same. So I think it's just gonna come down to individual preferences.
0: Well, yeah. your enthusiasm, you've sold this Westerner, so I'm like, I, 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 I'm all ears. let's let's go.
2: Yeah.
1: Reggie, I saw Reggie, she's ordering one FC t-shirts as we're talking. Like
0: she's right now. <laughs> uh,
1: Mitch, one time ever in history, there's been a trade between organizations. Is there going to be another trade, Mitch? I've got my theories. I, I figured out some good, some good trades. Do you think one FC is ever going to trade an athlete with another organization?
2: I think so. I think it could. I think there's also like maybe some, um, like some inter organizational developments that could happen, you know, like uh, organization taking on organization or, you know, trading of athletes or something like that. But what I, I really think is going to happen is that a lot of athletes are going to start coming to one. Yes. They're, I know from personal experience that the athletes are treated better. You know, they're not just a number, you know, they're, they're treated, you know, with a respect and an appreciation that's not really seen in fight promotions. Um, So I don't, you know, I hope a lot of our guys, you know, don't want to go to another organization, but I know a lot of people in a lot of different organizations that want to come to one. So I think that's, I probably what we're going to start seeing rather than more trades, I think we're going to just going to start to see more and more people start to come to one like Roberto soldich is a perfect example of this. This guy was a two division KSW champion had offers on every single fight promotion that wanted this guy, right? UFC Bellator, everybody wanted him and he chose one, you know? So it's, it's situations like that, you know, that, you know, people are, you know, gonna be drawn towards one championship. And I hope we, you know, we get the very best athletes in the world in all disciplines, which is kind of what we're developing now.
1: Yeah. I, I I love it. I think that the athletes the more they see one, the more that product becomes more prevalent. It's gonna be something I think that just it's not just themselves as the athlete, but I think probably those around them, like their their yeah. family and their friends as they become more used to one FC they're going to be like, hey, why aren't you there? Why aren't you competing for those guys? Like, why don't you get on that event, right? Because it's very flashy. It's very cool. The production value, I love it. Uh, if I get to hear your your partner on the desk say one-two kangaroo, <laughs> I know I'm happy. Anytime he says that, oh, that's the one-two kangaroo. I love <laughs> it. That's my favorite that he says. Uh, you know, one last thing I'm going to ask you before we let you go, and I apologize for keeping you so long. But I got to ask you this, Mitch, as a, as a lifelong martial artist, someone who studies the game, Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva. Was it was it rigged or was it real, Mitch?
2: <laughs> I don't think it was rigged. I don't think I, I think that um, Anderson got caught. You know, he stumbled a bit. You know, he got hit. He was moving awkwardly and he got touched and he fell. Um, oh, that
1: I'm fine. That I'm fine.
2: I I'm, fi- I'm find that the knockdown was real. But the whole fight, you think? I don't... I mean, I always give people the benefit of the doubt with with whatever they're choosing to do. I've had a few theories about Tyrone Woodley. You know, like that all this. Tyrone- that was
1: That was rigged 100%. That, even, I'm not even asking you that because that's... Look, we, we go to the fans on our Instagram and we ask yeah. at the end of every Jake Paul fight, was that rigged or not? Every... <laughs> everyone was like 80 to 100% rigged. This one, this one 50-50. People started okay. to believe this one, but it was literally 50-50. So you're my you're my last vote. I need you to like break the tie.
2: I would say I would say no, but then you like you go back as far as, <laughs> as they've known each other. Right. Like they've shown pictures of them, like little tiny Jake and Logan and, you know, Anderson Silva. Like they've known each other for decades, apparently. And it's hard to, you know, to assume that it's real. But I always give people the benefit of the doubt. And I always try to say that, yeah, you know, it's it's the fight game. But ultimately, it's sports entertainment, you know, and they're doing a great job of promoting this cat and building him up. I'd love to see him take on Nate Diaz. Um, but I like the eyeballs that this guy's bringing to the sport. You know, you can't you can't hate. You can't deny what he's doing um, because, you know, especially if he starts to go into MMA, bring him over to uh, one championship and we can uh, we can do some we can do some things with him.
1: Give he's give give, Demi- give Demetrius oh. Johnson two minutes with him. <laughs> and that's being generous.
0: See, Timmy, I think that you should find him and then Mitch should, you know, tell the audience how it's scored and you tell us, is it fake?
2: (laughs) I can do it in between rounds. I can get a mic and I can tell you guys exactly how it's going down.
1: (laughs) Mitch. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. I never in a million years dreamt that I'd be able to get Mitch Chilson on this podcast, Reggie. Like when I started this, this is episode 90, I believe. So, Mitch, this is a true honor, man, to have you on. Before we let you go, is there anything that you want to say to fans, viewers, listeners?
2: Oh, man, thanks for your support, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, for media like Fight Insight, thank you much, so much for having me on. I really appreciate your guys' time. And anytime you guys can have you know a one championship athlete on your podcast, um, please do. Because they are some very special people and they deserve uh, love and attention. And I'm, I'm really hoping to make a name for them as much as I can. Um, thank you very much for your time. Check us out. We've got one coming up on November 18th. Uh, one on prime video four. it's going to be a barn burner. Christian Lee is taking on Cameron Abisov. Christian Lee's moving up to welterweight to take Cameron Abisov on and, uh, go for double champ status. It's going to be a great card. Please check it out. Um, thank you guys so much for having me on Timmy, Reggie. I appreciate your guys' time and, uh, maybe we can do this again and we can talk about, you know, one on prime video 12 or something like that soon.
1: Mitch, I will definitely take you up on that offer. Uh, what's your cat's name before we let you go? We didn't get it. Your cat's Pardon? name. Your cat's oh. name. We didn't.
2: Her name is Vodka. She's. Uh... <laughs> I
0: love that so much.
1: <laughs> All right, Mitch. Well, now we know. Now we won't know what we're talking to you about next time for sure. The, uh, Excellent cats, origin man. of the name. Oh, Mitch, thank you so much, Reggie. Before we let him go, anything that you wanted to say?
0: No, it was so great to meet you, and can't wait to see more.
1: Thank you, us. Mitch. thank you very much all the best wonderful day thank you so much all right very cool which is awesome. vodka vodka the cat i little vodka i
0: i i want to know if there are other cats and if they are also named after liquors that's all i want to know
1: <laughs> <laughs> we will get him back and do that for sure is
0: there a tequila in the group because Aww. you know you don't just have one cat you have multiple when you get cats you know they,
1: how many okay hold on I've- Reggie, this is Reggie's second time on the podcast <laughs> guesting. How many cats do you have, Reggie? I have 3. 3? <laughs> I only have I only have 1, my little Lito, and we're thinking about getting him a brother or sister
0: one leads to like five.
1: So I mean, <laughs> you know, <be> careful now. <laughs> yes. Yes. Good. Um, all right, guys, if you're here because of Mitch Chilson, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Please check us out. So follow and subscribe to us. You'll see all the links at the bottom and, uh, check out our backlog. Like, like we were talking about tons of one FC athletes. We're going to get more. We love the one FC athletes. Um, it's really Reggie. It's the honor and respect that they show. It's just a different mentality with the one FC athletes. And I really like it. I like the way that they um, portray their athletes, the way that they promote them. It's different. Mm -hmm. And I like it. Uh, I don't like the trash talk. I don't like the nonsense. I like a little bit of it, of course,
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but
1: I like the respect. I like the honor. And and that's what I like to see amongst those people. So um, anyways, Reggie next week on the podcast, I believe, and this is, I'm really hoping this works out, but next week we're going even further. We're going further than Singapore. We're going to go to Australia and wow. we're going to have UFC fighter, Jake Matthews on the podcast. Now, cool. Jake, Jake has been making the news, Reggie, and I'm just going to play a short little clip here. And this was on his Instagram. So check out this.
2: I just wanted to dive a bit deeper into my tweet regarding fighter pay. I've got three quick points that I want to go through. The first one being these, these articles that disclose fighter pay. I've just gone through a number of them and they are not even close. Not even close. The second point, the UFC throw fighters a number of endorsements throughout the year and they're quite substantial. I don't like to disclose my own pay, but in this instance, I've received about $25,000 USD in the last three weeks alone.
1: 25000 in the last three weeks on US dollars, that's... million Canadian. Yeah. So Jake Matthews is, 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 is making headlines because he's been talking about saying, Hey, fighter pay is good. Mm -hmm. Don't like all these people, all these couch warriors, right. Keyboard warriors that are on Twitter talking about, Oh, Dana White, go pay your fighters more. You know, Bellator, go pay your fighters more. This guy's come out and just said, Hey, look, man, I'm making good money. I'm figuring stuff out.
3: Right. Right.
1: And he put on his Twitter, Anybody that wants to have me on their show or their podcast, reach out to me. Boom, Reggie. Nice. Timmy, Timmy B. gets slides right into his DMs, and uh, he should be coming on the podcast. I want to talk about it. Look, yeah. we've had plenty of UFC fighters on this podcast that seem to be very happy with pay, seem mm-hmm. to be very, very happy with endorsements and stuff like that. So uh, I'm excited to speak with Jake.
0: And,
3: right.
1: Uh, right. Hopefully, Hopefully, you'll be here with me.
0: I would love to. I would love to. And I, I'd love to hear his experience. And And it'd be great to, you know, hear contrasting experiences, too, of people that believe it's not sufficient, maybe for yeah. most of the athletes, whether it's just a few elites or whether it's, you know, for everybody. Uh, yeah. Distributed.
1: Well, last week we had a, a Italian fighter who mm-hmm. made her Bellator debut last week. Mm-hmm. And I asked her, I said, you know, would you rather have sponsorships through Bellator where you just go find your own
3: mm-hmm.
1: or would you rather go to UFC where they have that deal where they give you the sponsors and they, you know, it's, it's lower pay maybe, but you don't have to work for it. Right. With, without hesitation, she goes, I'd rather that.
3: Yeah. Cause she yeah. goes,
1: nobody's paying me money. I'm, I'm a nobody. Not right. she didn't say it in those sense, but she's like, right. I'm just a young fighter. Like, it's really hard for me to find people to give me cash.
0: Right. And and as a young fighter too, being, you know, I think you're in a vulnerable state to yeah. be taken advantage of by the wrong kind of organizations, the wrong kind of, organizations right. the wrong kind of people. So I see the benefits there. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. We, there's been stories where people um, get sponsorships and then the sponsors don't pay right, or stuff right. like that. Right. Like there's weird things like that. So uh, very excited to see if Jake Matthews comes on the mm-hmm. podcast next week. We'll talk to him all about pay and stuff like that and how he's doing. Um mm-hmm fighter uh sorry friends of the podcast update so manuela the italian girl i was talking to you about she got robbed so badly robbed she if she didn't win all three rounds of that fight she definitely won the last two Mm -hmm. she's celebrating after the fight and Mm -hmm. the other girl is slouched in the corner like she knew she lost Lost
0: me yeah (laughs) yeah
1: and then and then and then it got taken away from her i feel so bad for her Mm
0: -hmm. uh
1: so sorry for her so guys you know send her some love go go find her on instagram she's the butcher's daughter um you know come to our podcast you know leave some comments there do whatever but send her some love because uh she was the sweetest thing and to see her get robbed like that was just heartbreaking for me it was terrible so that's not the way friends of the podcast should be treated
0: (laughs) yeah come on (laughs) uh
1: another friend of the podcast update we had a ring announcer on big mo and that's whose voice i used for our new intro did you like the new song
0: did i really did i was gonna say something i was like okay this is really cool yeah
1: i don't look i need i need it to be a bit better i don't like the way the song ends and then it kind of cuts
0: right because it kind
1: of dead stops so i gotta figure that out but i am like I'm the least musically talented person in the world, Reggie.
0: You can just need to solicit, like, you know, some help. here. We've got to have someone out there with some musical, yeah.
1: like, questions. You know? Yeah. If you know anything about music or know how to do something, please hit me up and uh, we will uh, ask for your help for free, obviously. But <laughs> I'll play it one more time. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Fight Inside Podcast. <laughs> but it just ends. Now, I'm going to do something, and I hope he does not hear this. Oh. But best friend of the podcast is Bam Bam Barbarina. Okay, <gasps> UFC fighter, UFC legend. One of the greatest of all time.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. He's been on the podcast six times.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Okay. He's, he's a good friend of mine. I, I call him a true friend now. Right. <laughs> he heard the intro, and then he sent me something. Here's this.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Fight in Sight podcast. Let's talk.
0: I like that one better.
1: <laughs> really?
0: Yeah, I do. I do. Like a, a lot better. I, I, I'm i sorry. I do. I do.
1: What is it? What is it that you like better? Well,
0: voice. It's just unique. It's good. It's just, I don't know. I like it. Good cadence. I want to watch. More. I don't know. It feels yeah. Right. It feels right. It
3: feels All right.
1: right. <laughs> <I'm> gonna... <laughs> oh man, he's going to be so happy. Yeah. I am going to fix the ending of that music. But I like the way he ends it with let's talk.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it.
1: I like it. I like it. yeah, well, yeah, I, I will work on that. But okay. well, hey, if that's what you say you like better, then I will use that one from now on.
0: Oh God, the pressure
1: <laughs> No, that's okay. I like it. I like
0: Thank it so uh, <laughs> no,
1: I, I, I think you I think you will be very embarrassed that I'm using that, but that's okay. That's too bad. Uh, okay, next, it's friend of the podcast update, but it's the first thing that I want to talk about with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one is very weird. I didn't even know if I should like reach out to her to talk to her about it or whatever. I'm going to try to, but I feel like, I don't know what my angle is on this, but here's this picture. Mm -hmm. This is Jenna Bishop guest of the podcast, former guest of the podcast. She's a multi-time world, uh, jujitsu champion went to MMA four and O now with LFA Mm -hmm. on our podcast she said, I'm going to take the photo down on our podcast. She said, look, my goal is win a couple more fights, get to the UFC.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Win a couple of fights, either get on the contender series and then get to UFC or just go straight to UFC, whatever. That's my goal.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: She fights at LFA last weekend, wins the fight on the mic. She goes UFC. I want my spot, blah, blah, blah. In a, in a nice way. Mm-hmm. Two days later, Signs with Bellator.
3: Oh. Hmm.
1: And I'm like, what happened here? That's shady. <laughs> Reggie, what do you think happened?
0: That sounds like an 11th hour call to make a deal uh, better than...
1: <laughs> you think You think Bellator scoops her up?
0: I do. I do. I think so. Um, I don't know why you would be Trying to entice another organization, you know, telling them you expect this, you know, having previously stated on record, that's your goal. And then sign with Bellator, you know, and that, that's very weird. Unless they offered her, made her, what is the Godfather line? You know, they made her a deal. She couldn't refuse. You can't refuse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. I bet you that's what went on right there.
1: Yeah. Right. It had to be a money thing. Yeah. And she got paid a lot more. She's <laughs> only four and oh.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. right so maybe she's like okay if I go fight the killers in UFC maybe not going to be the best thing for my brand Mm -hmm. maybe it's better that I fight Bellator which I apologize maybe not as top level Mm -hmm. as the ones in um, UFC but still a very prime organization a great organization Mm-hmm. I know last time you were on the podcast, I told you they're going out of business, Reggie. But don't worry about that. That's fine.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, they'll be acquired by some other, you know, we just eaten up and moved
1: over. <laughs> some some other billionaire. Maybe Elon Musk will buy it.
0: Oh, if we were only so lucky to have <laughs> <laughs> Uh hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel it's weird. I wish her all the best. Mm-hmm. I think she's going to do great. Here's something. She's 36 years old. Mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe that's part of the reason, too. And she's like, hey, I don't have a lot of years left. And so maybe I need to make as much money as possible as quick bang for the buck before my time is up.
0: Timmy, you make it sound like she's about to die. <laughs> I'm 36. Your time is up. You-, you are <laughs> okay. done.
1: <laughs> okay. But you're fighting in a courtroom.
0: Career, right. Oh, I get it. Yeah
1: your career. Yeah. Not I mean, life life.
0: I think there's reason to that though. Uh you know with understanding that your career is only going to be so long as your body is young and agile and not beaten up too after years and years of the sport. So I
3: don't disagree. Yeah,
1: yeah I think it's going to be tough. I I I mean, I think in Bellator she can probably win a couple of fights, get a title shot. Cross her fingers, win the title and then be able to say, "Hey, I was a world champion." Mm-hmm. mixed martial artist in one of the top Premier Leagues of the world. Mm-hmm. And then she boom. Fades yeah. off into the sunset. An old lady at 40.
0: Oh my God. Old lady. You know I
1: mean?
0: Oh God. I'm and like just yeah, already.
1: <laughs> din- dinner at five and it's all over. Uh I don't know. I just I I think it's weird. I didn't see much. Um everything, of course, in the post were congratulatory and whatever, right? Like no one was saying anything bad, but I was monitoring to see if anyone would question anything. But it's just weird that she was calling out UFC. Mm-hmm. It had to have been that Bellator just said, here, here's a boatload of money, back the truck up, come on over here.
0: Yeah, yeah, probably. And like you said, you know, a point in her career when she's at a certain age, when it might be better to, you know, go out on a high note and yeah. be struggling with a, a different class or a different, you know, type of fighting organization. Right.
1: Yeah. And she is uh, a marketable young lady. She's mm-hmm. got the look, she's got the charisma. And so maybe, you know, when we speak about sponsors and stuff, she can do very well with sponsors. So if she goes to Bellator, isn't isn't beholden to the UFC uh sponsorship deals mm-hmm. and she can just go out and get her own sponsors, I think people are gonna like just back the truck up and, and pay her boatloads of money to to wear mm-hmm. their clothes or to sponsor you know whatever. Um, she should be able to make a good deal. So anyways, good for her. I'm happy for her. And uh, hopefully we get to have her on the podcast again and we'll talk to her and and see how that's all going. But so congratulations to her. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did want to brag a little bit on the last, on last week's podcast. I know you weren't here, Reggie, but we were talking about this guy, Bobby Green, and he had some trouble with drugs. He got caught for taking some drugs accidentally. So he says, and I believe him. But I did make mention with the co-host Chris at the time. I said, you know, this guy, he's always sad. Like he always seems to have lady troubles. Like it's like when you watch his Instagram, he's always, he just seems like he doesn't have it all Mm -hmm. together. Like he's a good guy, but it just seems his life is always a little sad. I swear to God, Reggie, the next day he posts this on his Instagram. And for the (laughs) audio listeners, it's (laughs) For the audio listeners on his Instagram, it's just a black screen and he just writes, be careful who you give your heart to. I still have nightmares from women I have loved. Ah, Poor Bobby Green, man.
0: Not cool. Who hurt him?
1: I don't know. Jeez Louise. But it's always something with that guy. So I wish him the best. But uh, anyways, that was just just something. Um, Okay, last thing I wanted to talk to you about, Reggie, and it's because we had Chilson on And one FC. I kind of didn't want to. I kind of touched upon it. About the translator thing. And being difficult. Mm -hmm. Do you have to speak English. To do well in this sport.
0: In a Western market.
1: Even if you're in the Asian market. Though not everybody is speaking your dialect. But a lot of people may have English. As a second language ish.
0: Yes. Um, I'm going to say for sure in a Western market. Yeah. I, that might be a controversial opinion, but yeah, I'm going to say for success in the, in the West, you need to. Uh,
1: As As a mixed martial artist, I don't think you can let your skills speak for themselves. I think you need the skills and you need to be able to speak English.
0: Right. I do. I do too. And, and, you know, as much as I wish that there was, you know, more access to, um, Bilingual media and stuff, you know, the West, you know, is very much the consumer and manufacturer of a lot of media and especially of its own media, consumer of its own made media. And so, you know, movies with subtitles, they're doing better. They're not doing as well. Uh, Items with translators. I mean, even as a lawyer in a court case, it is much harder, takes a lot longer when we have a translator. Um, That's unfortunately the name of the game in, in this, you know, in, in this part of the, the world. So it's not great, but that, that is how it is.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm on your side on this. I think, you know, like we mentioned stamp Fairtech, she's one of the coolest freaking people mm-hmm. uh, when she does her dances in the cage and she's got charisma for days, you know, mm-hmm. but she's Thai mm-hmm. and I don't think she speaks any English. Right. And I'm like, and I wonder, and I, again, I didn't want to put Mitch on the spot. I didn't want to say this because, you know, to be respectful, but I don't, I don't know why one FC wouldn't be like, Hey, look, we're going to send you an English teacher Mm
3: -hmm.
1: three times a week on us. And if you don't get it, you don't get it, but we're just going to keep trying to teach you English.
0: Right.
3: Well, I think that,
1: I think that would help a lot.
0: And if if the idea is to show these athletes and their lives and, you know, the experience they're going through, you know, coming up on an international stage and having to, you know, adapt to different countries and their media styles and, you know, be marketable in different places, uh, I think that would be an interesting journey to take a viewer on personally. I'd be fascinated by something like that. So. Yeah. Um. really, really cool. So I, I don't disagree there. It would be neat to see yeah. that.
1: Yeah. I also think like, you know, and then we've spoken to some fighters about this as well, but you know, to be able to learn English just so that when you're going around the world with different fighters or going to different gyms and learning from different again, I feel a lot of them will speak English. Right. Right. So if you are able to then speak and understand English back, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's going to then help you in your skills as well. Right. So I don't know. It's tough. And, and, you know, there's, I think on one of their, um, what do you call it? One of their press conferences for one FC for the one on prime. So that's Mm -hmm. their like American cards. Mm -hmm. I think it was like 60% of the people on stage couldn't speak English.
0: Right. Right
1: and i'm sitting there a massive one fc fan and i'm like
0: i love all these guys
3: i love this thing right, right.
1: but i'm like i know that my friends are watching this going uh eh, click because right. you just don't get the same buy in like like mitch stevens said like if the translator doesn't catch those s- nuanced words or they they might not get the passion of the speech or something like that you need that to buy in right 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 Right, you're always know, going to have Mitch on the mic. You're
0: right with the, I like the idea that, uh, you know, they said that they use the same translators, uh, and maybe they get more used to the vernacular, uh, so that those terms of art start, you know, coming through a little bit better than someone who may be completely naive to the the sport or the terms of art altogether, so that they can convey it to the viewer. Maybe over time, that kind of um, relationship develops.
1: Yeah. I think so. I think that's a tough one. But, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Reggie, this is your second time guest yeah. co hosting. I really enjoy it. I think you're doing amazing. I apologize. Am I too? Am I taking over the interview too much? Are you you feel okay to chip in?
0: No, I'm just here to have fun. No, I'm just here. To <laughs> like, You know?
1: <laughs> no, no. But, uh, but yeah, you're having a good time. You'll be back.
0: Absolutely, okay. I'm ready to get in the ring. I mean, okay. shoot.
1: <laughs> okay, to that to that end, you said last time when you, we had you on that you were going to start venturing into some stuff.
0: I am, I am. So, okay. I, okay. I mean, I would love to know from viewers too if anyone has some recommendations for someone who is, you know, I'm looking as a lady to be able to defend myself, while also kick some ass. <laughs>
1: yeah just
0: generally so you know i'd love to learn
1: yeah and so yeah what uh and have you thought about like what um discipline like
0: i have i have i have not made a decision yet but next time i will have one okay
1: okay and (laughs) Um, you're gonna find and you're gonna and you're looking for a place like
0: i found a few and it actually um yeah so i will i could even you know give you a little sneak peek but yes i will take you through that
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. We want to see we wanna see how it goes, you know, like what, what you're learning and stuff like that. And we got to make sure that you're at a good gym.
0: Yes, yes. I'm really just focused on getting my aggression out at opposing counsel somewhere healthy and not on them.
1: <laughs> nice, nice. All right. So if people want to find you, Reggie, where do people find you?
0: So uh, Reggie and Law, just like my name right there, and uh, mostly on TikTok right now, we're re- hashing the Insta. So uh, TikTok right now and later Insta.
1: Nice, nice. And uh, for us, obviously, you find us at Fight Insight Podcast everywhere, specifically YouTube, uh, Spotify, and Instagram. So find us there. Anything, you know, anything that we can do to make the show interesting or exciting, we will do. We keep trying to bring cool guests on. Like I said, I think the next three weeks are UFC fighters. So, I think we've lined up three UFC fighters for the next three. And then I know we go to the amateur ranks and we've got a celebrity fighter again, another celebrity fighter. And that guy's very excited to come on the podcast. So, I know that's coming up. Uh, lots of things planned. And then we're going to have our end of the year show, Reggie. <gasps> our, our, our end of the year show is where we pick like best. Male fighter of the year, best female fighter of the year, best fight of the year, best rookie of the year. We did that last year and we had a good time. So I got to start thinking of, like, who are these top candidates?
0: Are you going to take, like, nominations from the listeners?
1: Yeah. Normally, if I can, if I run out of ideas, like, yeah. for like, for, like, a third or fourth candidate, then, yeah, I'll go to Instagram and I'll get some people to send me some things. Uh, All right. And we'll see who is there. So we got those those stuff coming up. But, yeah, Reggie, we got some good shows ready to go.
0: Awesome! Thank you
1: so much. Is there anything that you want to say before we go?
0: No, I'm excited to be here and thanks for having me. It was a great show. It was so fun to talk to Mitch. And of course you as always.
1: Awesome, Reggie. And uh, thank you, Bam Bam for our new song. Yes. I I will play it one more time before we get out of here, but this is the song as selected by Reggie. Ladies and gentlemen,
2: this is the fight in sight. Podcast. Let's talk.
0: It's good.